everybody, and welcome to another Bit Effect. Today, we talk Dante's Inferno. Take the National Express when your life's in a mess. It'll make you smile. All human life is here, from the feeble old dear to the screaming child. Can anybody make any hell-related noises? Yes, legions. Hell or hell? Hell, not a hoe. Oh, oh, (laughs) snarf, 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 (laughs) snarf. (laughs) Yes, hell is populated with legions of snarf. Okay, so today we're talking about Dante's Inferno, but before we get into that, really quick. Uh, we're in a bit of a weird situation here where due to uh, everybody's schedule, this is going to be kind of a weird show. And then about halfway through, we realized, who this might not be enough for our usual two-parter. So we haven't decided yet if it's long enough to split into two parts, they may be shorter. Or if we're going to match this up with something else we throw out really quick just so we still have releases. Also, this is the first episode, mainline, that... Uh, our boy Craig is missed, and I'm sure he'll tell us why he decided to abandon us for the Frenchies, but that's what he's doing right now. Anyway, with me to dive into these circles of hell are Luke, Ho, <laughs> Snarf, and Mike, the Ring of Fire. All right, so Johnny Cash and Snarf are both in hell. Um, before we get started, gentlemen, um, I very quickly realized that the ring of, or circle of hell that I belong to is probably gluttony. I'm a very mm-hmm. gluttonous man in everything I do. I go big or go home, as EA taught me. Uh, what circle of hell do you guys think you belong in? I'm hoping I'm going to hit that top one. The, you know, the one above all the hell stuff, but yeah. No, no, you're not, you're not allowed to pick limbo, dog. Oh. I mean, I mean, if... If I had to assign you a circle, it's going to be like wrath, man, or violence. Yeah. You're, 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 you're an angry boy. Only in, like, uh, confined spaces where nobody else can hear me. To your face, I'm the nicest person in the world. <laughs> so deceit yeah. and violence. Uh, Mike, I have you pegged as our, our resident game master, so I would say mm. probably pride. Uh, I was hoping there'd be like a filth. I don't know if there is one though, so I'll probably go with pride. pride all right, all right, all right. So we have a proud man, an angry man, and a gluttonous man. And we're here mm. to talk to you about Dante's Inferno. Now, to get the stats out of the way really quick, whoever I asked to do it before we were started, could you do it now? Yes. Dante's Inferno was developed by Visceral Games, published by Electronic Arts, and it came out in 2010 on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, and an and the same year it was ported to the PlayStation Portable. It's also worth noting that it came out... I mean, there was a an anime that you could purchase that was released at the same time. I didn't know this until I read this Wikipedia page. Hmm. Uh, uh, an, anime is in very loose terms. Kind of like, remember the Dead Space animated movie they put out? Nope. Where it's like, oh, <laughs> this is like three frames of animation and a bunch of talking. Yeah, okay. it's, that, it's um, a lot like the cutscenes style animation, wasn't it? You know, the old Hobbit animated movie sort of thing, if I remember right. Oh, uh, what the like Don Bluth one? Where That's it's, the one. Um, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's more along that. What, sort what, of... what, what's 
what's it called? Uh, they used it on Prince of Persia for the animation style, and I can't remember but the I name think, for it. I think the technical term is relatively shite. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Prince of Persia and The Hobbit, you are correct, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Rotoscoping. There we go. Sorry, couldn't think of it. Mm. All right. Before we crack into the game, this is kind of a infamous game. Not only because of the subject matter, but also because of the marketing. Uh, did you guys read anything about the marketing that Visceral did? Uh, um, as, as a quick side note, n- not necessarily. However, I did see this plastered over every game mag for like the a good six months in advance of it coming out. I think there was a one article I read which was like nine pages each. Or seven pages dedicated to each of the rings, something like that. I, wow, I can't even remember. That's ridiculous. It's, yeah, that's crazy. quite a quite an in-depth sort of development. What document, did they do? So. Spoil everything in the game? Because it's not <laughs> that much. much. For no reason, yeah. It was, it was, it was quite crazy. It's quite intense. It might be an edge. I can't remember who it was. But. This this was uh, visceral at first. Got everybody's, or I guess EA's marketing team. I don't know who's behind it necessarily, but um, the whole Dead Space marketing thing was a big deal, and they figured they would continue it on with Dante's Inferno. And they did things revolving around the seven deadly sins. Like, uh, the ones I read was, uh, like, Greed. They sent everybody who they sent a review copy to a $200 check. And, you know, it was your whole ethics of, will you cash it, will you not? That that kind of se- semi-tasteless, semi-inventive marketing? Huh. It seems it's like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense for the theming of the game, but um, it got it caught a lot of flack for doing stuff like that. But in the end, I think it really helped get it noticed, huh? especially since you know it's Dante Inferno. Um, it's kind of ironic this. because you know oh, EA could be considered like the seven hells of video games. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. I think they hit most of the nine circles. <laughs> they ha- Nobody from EA has come to my house and punched me in the face. So they're okay on violence. For Dante's Inferno specifically? But <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair to them, I-, I have to say Capcom did a very similar thing with a couple of its Resident Evil games where I remember right, including like sending bits of animals to people and stuff like that. If I-, if I remember right, I can't remember. I, I can't remember not... if it was Resident Evil or, or not. Although it might, been, it might have been God. Doom, if I remember right. Did they send some sort of dead animal in the post? I remember hearing from somebody who works in, and I can't remember if it was for like Dead Space or Dante's Inferno, but they sent a cake that was like realistically molded to look like a person's leg, and it had Ooh. like little candy maggots all over it and all that stuff. Hmm. I, I mean, I think that would be kind of cool, but I also don't do it for a living, so I don't know. So, as for the history of the game, it is based on the 13th century Dante Alighieri epic poem. Um, Do you guys have any kind of familiarity with the poem that this is based on? Uh, I I read poems all the time, but I will answer (laughs) this question as as no. (laughs) (laughs) The the only poems that I'm aware of are the the ones by Robbie Burns that were um, that were force read to us in like primary school history. Robert Burns being like <laughs> so there, the big Scots. There poet. once was a lady from Venus. 
Yeah, um, I can't remember. Okay, I, so... I got something about squelching potatoes or something like that at school, and that was pretty <laughs> pretty terrible too. <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> squelching potatoes? Hold on, I'm a little curious now. What what about squelching potatoes? We oh, sleek it, cowering timorous beastie, or oh, what a panic in thy breastie. Thou need nae start awa say hasty. Why the fuck wrote this? Because that's not how you say that word. Oh my heed. Right. Or breasty? Breasty. What's a breasty? What, what, what is that? Is that oh, what? Like, supposed to be your breast? Yeah, oh, what a panic in thy breasty, in my breast. A breasty. Now, see, can you really be considered a poet if you're making up words to match? Because a breasty <laughs> isn't a word. <laughs> I mean, that puts him in, like, the Snoop Dogg level of poetry. (laughs) You just need to, you just need to to, to, to put as much, like, at the end of it, and it doesn't matter. It's it's Scottish after that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, so, uh, you guys didn't have to read this in school or anything? No, I I didn't go to, like, a mega religious school where, like, you're either gonna die and burn in hell or or celebrate in paradise. (laughs) Okay, well, see, here, here's here's where I fall mixed. Like, I read it at about eight years old, and I understood approximately ten seconds worth of my time with it. Uh, it was mainly because, I think I said it on the Final Fantasy IV podcast, the bosses in Final Fantasy IV are named after some of the demons in the Divine Comedy. Uh, so that's what made me read it. But, uh, I like, is that because I got a religious bent, but we're not Catholic? To, or is it because it's a classic piece of literature? Like, like it kind of falls in the same weird space as, like, the Iliad. It's like, I, I, some people read it in school, some people don't. I was just curious to see if you guys had. Did you, did you enjoy the Robin Williams movie, What Dreams May Come? Yeah, I thought it was a good film. Yeah. Oh, you're terrible. Is it not a good film? I'm, I'm not familiar. Uh, I, I didn't like it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was cool. You got to see Cuba Gooding Jr.'s butt, but other than that, uh, hmm. I, I, I didn't I think enjoy it. possibly for me, for me especially, I think, I always thought the Divine Comedy was, is it a band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're a band. They're quite big. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, with that, now, how? I mean, I don't think the guy's going to sue him from the 14th century and all, but that, that's kind of curious. It'd be like if you called your band Moby Dick, which now that I think about it might actually work a little bit. Mm. But anyway, but... okay, so you guys have no frame of reference for the original story. Um, so let's put that aside for right now. Uh, do you guys have any frame of reference for the game? Do you have any history with this? This was the first game that I played on my own Xbox 360. So my brother had one and I occasionally borrow it. I mean, nick it uh, until he complained and got it back. But yeah, there's a service over here that was eventually bought over by Amazon. Uh, it's now, I think it's part of Amazon Prime, but it was called Love Film, where you could, to begin with, rent DVDs. Um, but they started doing video games. So I bought my Xbox 360. I had like no other money for games. And uh, I picked, a, you pick a list of games you want, and they then send out ones you've got they've got in stock so i think i picked like all the good ones at the time like gears of war and halo and all this other stuff and i got dante's inferno and bayonetta and dante's inferno was the first one i played oh okay um Mm. so i've heard of love film but was it netflix like it when it started here to where it was a mail order or was it actual like a store chain it was 
completely offline and then it went online and then it like it was still love film the app and then amazon bought it over and it, it became part of prime okay so netflix started off as like a a physical company let's get yeah uh, it was um you would go online and you would choose three dvds yeah, that you yeah, wanted sent in the mail or yeah Cool. And then it would come in a self self addressed envelope. You would put the DVD back in and send it back, and they would send you the next three on your list. Nice. Um, I I never did try GameFly, which is basically the same thing. Did anybody here try GameFly? No, no. I I tried one called Boomerang. Yeah. Game Rentals, which was good until they suddenly got hacked and lost everyone's data, and then everyone got credit card breaches, and then I've never Ooh. used that service again since. <laughs> I've always thought games would be too long for me to enjoy with Gamefly. Of like, oh, I'm paying ten bucks a month, but I'm only getting one or two games. It was a cheap so way for of me, doing I, it. Yeah, it was. It was decent. What... I guess if if you're somebody that like just likes to try a bunch of game instead of okay, I'm gonna start this and finish it, it would be worth more money. We're not sponsored by Gamefly in any any way, <laughs> or Love Film, or Netflix. <laughs> if you would like to sponsor us, any of those companies, do hit us up. Because I am a shill. <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? I mean, do you have any history with this? Um, not really. Apart from those articles, uh, the the actual game arrived, and if I remember right, I was quite, uh, I was quite into my God of War three at the time. I was sort of hope, hoping to play that. I think I was probably deep into God of War two at the time as well. Um, and I, you know, I liked I liked their other other output even though you would have heard me on previous podcasts possibly say <laughs> that they were clones and that they're an extremely terrible company, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but no, no, I didn't I didn't get around to playing it, although I was interested because the the other point is you, you're talking on the literate, literature side about the Divine Comedy and stuff, but for me, I think the part that merged it together was watching, um, watching Seven, the movie, and oh, yeah, okay. that gave me context of all the different types of sins and things like that and it sort of made it easy to digest for me and I sort of finch away and I sort of you know I continued on and I thought there's, there's something of that that I really like that sort of intrigues me but I didn't actually play it until the podcast and you know I probably would have I was quite close to clicking on it on occasion to rent the game but I never did at the time so yeah I've played it now um, myself I, I did a lot of research into this to try to figure out what year it was, but I can't pin it down. Um, this uh, The first time I saw this was I was at PAX, and it was either in 2009 or 2010. And I tried looking up what both of their booths were for 2009 or 10, so I could narrow it down. But they had the same booth both years, so I'm not too sure. But uh, this was a game I got to go see at a convention, and they had... Do you remember the part where you're riding the beast on the back of Charon? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was the part you could play in the demo, and they had this really oh, wow. cool tall Dante thing, and the whole thing was brick and mortar. It was a very cool setup, and it caught my eye really quick, and I was like, whoa, they made a game based on that really, really, really archaic poem. This is great. And so as soon as I left that place, it was like Dante's Inferno is going to be on my list. After I did get around to playing it, it was something I kind of felt mixed about, right? But uh, not getting into it, but there's a trilogy of games in this generation that are all like almost exactly the same, and they're on my list to go back to. And that's like Splatterhouse for the PS3, 360, you know, 
Dante's Inferno, and then Alice Madness Returns. And they all made a big impact on me when I played them. But history does not treat any of them very well at all. Hmm. And so, uh, out of the three, I was like, ooh, you know what? The one I'm most curious about is Dante's Inferno, because that's what I have the most uh, um, affection for. And, and you completed this little... originally, did you say? Uh, yeah, this is my third time. I played it by myself once, and oh. blasted through it. And then Kelsey caught the back end and went, whoa, Devil Dong, what's this game? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, it's Dante's Inferno. And then and I played through it again so she could see it. And uh, this what, the time, I was... the dog the game? Uh, <laughs> Well, we just stared at the dong as a family for a good 10, 20 minutes. Oh. Um, I was literally <laughs> going to ask you about two minutes ago about that statue that you saw at the, uh, you know, PAX. Whether it, it's whether not it a devil anything. statue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a Dante statue. A devil <laughs> statue would have been very interesting. Uh, but mm-hmm. this time playing through it, uh, my daughter's old enough to where I don't think there's, you know, anything really majorly wrong with this. So... She sat and watched the whole thing, and she was interested from start to finish. So now my whole entire family has seen Dante's Inferno. And his penis. And more. (laughs) Yeah, his and the devil's. So we're just a great donger family. Anyway, uh, Mike, you did mention visceral. I keep saying vicarious visions in my brain. I'm sorry if I slip. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you mentioned visceral, and they are a studio that has since shuttered. So you want to give us a brief background on Visceral? Yeah, sure, sure. It's mostly from Wikipedia, unfortunately, but yeah, they so they have been with they had been with EA for quite some time. They'd sort of uh, you know transitioned between different names. They'd they'd been involved early with like Future Cop LAPD, which from my memory I remember as being set to be part of the like the Strike series, you know, like Desert Jungle Urban Strike. Was well, Urban Strike was one, wasn't it? Yeah, or, like, yeah, it was. my memory playing tricks on me. There we go. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they they were responsible for the um, the Dante's in not well, obviously Dante's Inferno, but Dead Space <laughs> series. And um, you know, I initially they were quite a well funded sort of by the sounds of it, quite a well funded you know company within EA, and they they seem to be getting all the you know all the good publicity. But then I think it's sort of off the back of this, and they're moving into. Because was was this game? I think it was just before Dead Space Two, or was it just after? I can't remember now. I in my brain, I want to say it was close to the same time. So I don't know if it was before or after. Mm-hmm. But they sort of they sort of just went a little quiet, and then from from sort of a point in time where EA were sort of saying about multiplayer all the time. I don't know. It was quite a pointless sort of chat, and I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But they just kind of, kind of shut them up. Um, I don't even remember what they were. I mean, looking on Wikipedia, it does show what they were working on as at their demise. But you know, Dead Space Three was was all right. I didn't mind it. You know, it, it was, was all right. But I remember at the time a lot of Dead Space fans, including myself. Oh uh, yeah, just... the microtransaction war was like well, crazy. About well, that. Right? That didn't bother me too much. It was the whole... It tried tried to pull Resident Evil 5. Hmm. And Dead Space was something that was built a little bit more on horror than Resident Evil was to me. And I did actually and, play it solo, if I remember right. And so I still enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I, I played it co-op with my friend because, you know, we're both big Dead Space fans. And uh, we didn't even finish the game. It was just kind wow. of, oh, this is, this is kind of boring. 
and then it just mm. kind of petered out. And I remember a lot of people just, well, if they weren't, you know, your Jim Sterling's going mental on the microtransactions, it was just the, eh, eh, it's okay. Mm. It, it's weird to see a studio not really go out with a giant bang, but more of just like a whimper over time. They just kind of peter out and then shudder. Mm, mm. No, I mean, uh, there's not too much else in the history, to be honest, apart from, you know, a couple of PGA games. Uh, I mean, I remember some people really liked, uh, well, not the Simpsons game. There was there was a Simpsons game that people really liked at one point. Is it like um, hit and your, runs? Your hit and runs, like yeah. I think so, but but apart from that, I mean, I think they were given they were given a chance. Oh, Freak Style wasn't that a launch uh, PS2 game? I I don't know. I, I remember can't like. say I ever played it. I haven't even heard of the name in about twenty years. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'm not sure. But no, no. I mean, they were they're overall quite solid. Sort of coming out in their own sort of Beatles way, finally making their own games near the end, and then sort of getting shut down. But you know, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about Dante's, but I don't think they really warranted being shut down. To be be brutally honest. But, uh, I mean, I think what history is going to remember them for it's going to be Dead Space. Like Dead Space yeah. was their big breakout thing. Uh, Luke, you're you're a non horror boy. And most of the games that these guys are known for are kind of horror-y. Yeah. Do you have any... I'm just having a look through the list of their games. And um, apart from the... Before they became Visceral, they were like a like a studio that you'd outsource to do. Um, like So they've worked on a lot of the Sims games and, like as Mike said, PGA Tour and stuff. But no, their actual main studio games. Uh, the only one I, I seem to have played is Dante's Inferno. Um and that's just, I'm not a big fan of horror. Yeah. Yeah, I figured, you know, you probably weren't running to the store to pick up your copy of Dead Space. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. 007 Agent Under Fire, if I remember right. Some people really liked that. But, uh... Agent Under Fire is okay. I did, like, a massive replay of all the Bond games a few years back. Agent yeah, Under Fire is okay. It reminds me a lot of Metroid Prime, actually. Like, it's mm. that kind of first-person shooter, not like a Doom first-person shooter, where you're only going to hit, like, maybe seven or eight people into a level, and it's more of a puzzle kind of thing. But, yeah, I, w- I didn't think it was too bad. I'm just trying, right. trying to come to the defense of anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my biggest problem with Visceral is I always get them confused with Pandemic until I do a Google. It's like, oh, oh it's Dead mm. Space, guys. <laughs> anyway... So let's let's get started on this. Um, hmm. Since we're not sure if this is going to be one or two episodes, I'm still going to hedge my bets and not crack right into like a full blown story thing. But the story summary is, well, it's the poem, you dinguses. Uh, second of all, there are some changes. So in this, Dante is a crusader, whereas in the in the poem he's a poet. Duh. But uh, in this, he's a crusader who is sent to recapture the Holy Land. Before they go, the bishop offers absolvation for all the sins that they might commit on this holy crusade. Turns out that uh, absolving isn't really a thing, and he manages to do a couple very mortal sins while he is as a crusader. Payback mm. comes by killing his girlfriend slash lover slash whatever, uh, Beatrice. And this, of course, ends with him being killed and you start the game. 
Um, you start very quickly. Uh, there's not much buildup at all. Yeah, there's there's something fishy about this, Dave. Because to be honest, that uh, throwing it in from your from your explanation of the story there, it seemed to me like <laughs> you know they say, oh, we'll we'll absolve you of all your sins, and then he, it doesn't seem like he's committed many sins before he gets told he'll be absolved for any in the future yeah. too. And it seems like a sort of you know a well. Back to the- Back to the past, sort of thing, instead of back to the future. I guess I don't know. Well, okay. So, so if <laughs> if you're not familiar with religion, uh, having a basic working understanding of the Catholic religion is almost important to enjoying the story because you need to understand certain things like what does it mean to be absolved and what's considered mm-hmm. a mortal sin and what's not. You know, things like that. Um, and and but it does sound under- like a, I, I'm pretty sure in religion, isn't it? It's not a future future proof, and it's more resolving the past sort of well, case in, for the majority. Uh, it, in in this context, if you're about to go on a holy crusade, you could be absolved of all sins you would have committed in the name of that crusade. So hence, why it's okay for a Catholic person to kill another man mm. in the name of God. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, no context. I'm, I'm sure, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Know, I, I'm just saying that you know I wasn't around in that period of time, so I don't know exactly what it was like being so. The lack well, of I was, and, and it was very dirty. There was dirt everywhere. Everybody was sweaty. Nobody had air conditioners. It was gross. I, before we do get really started, though, I'm curious: Do you guys have any kind of background in religion at all? I fought in the holy wars once, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really no <laughs> i protected the holy grail yeah <laughs> you chose wisely <laughs> well no i'm, I'm curious because like darksiders remember when we did darksiders the fact that i knew some of that biblical stuff was like oh i know he's the bad guy duh <laughs> you know that kind of thing um Apart from being forced to go to Sunday school when I was a child, not really. Not not that I hated it. Um, it's it's funny. Like I've been discussing recently things with Amy about like, you know, there is the whole thing that religion causes a lot of problems in the world. But I I am also of the opinion that religion teaches a lot of good in the world, and I'm kind of split between it. I think maybe five ten years ago I would have been like totally anti-religion, but I think I'm having a lot more respect for it as I get older. Uh, yeah, you know, just like, you know, most teenagers were, were ah, who cares? Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion, like, like on that note, like religion is a wonderful, beautiful thing until you involve humans and then it, like everything else, it just all goes to hell. <laughs> I was, well, raised a Catholic and I guess it's sort of, I don't know the way of. <laughs> I just I I don't know magic. You there we go. fell out. <laughs> magic. Mike uh, played Final Fantasy. He I, saw I magic and went. Books. I like that. I started reading comic books. It sort of made me think. Hang on, these people are quite good at telling pretty crazy stories. I wonder what I might have learned in the past might be pretty crazy stories. And from that point, I've never been really that that connected to religion. I guess. Yeah, that, that's no problem. I'm not trying to like guilt you guys for like you guys should have paid more attention. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just more curious because a lot of the um, one of the mechanics in this, I guess, I might as well explain it now, right? Um, the either absolving or punishing mm. of certain very important historical or religious figures, not to mention the people you run into in hell. 
um, I, I'm trying to look at this without the eyes of my upbringing and what I've, you know, read about and stuff. And a lot of it seems like it would be very just out of left field. Yeah. Of like, well, oh, why? kind of religious experience because the truth is some of these characters are actually attached to trophies. So if you might <laughs> absorb Walter Armadeus the 17th of Risington, whatever his name might be, it would make people potentially look on Wikipedia and say, who is this person? Because I have no idea why they got given this name at birth and what was wrong with them to be given this name. But, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. That was some of, uh, like, I recognized a good, like, 90% of it. And some of it is from the poem and some of it is made up. But, mm. like, most of the stuff involving Dante and his family, that's all made up. But um, a lot of these guys, it was, oh, hey. I don't know who they are. Let me read up on them on Wikipedia. Most of them were just, it was a dude who did a thing way back in the day, around the same time period, so why not? We'll throw them in. All right. Okay. Um, there were some that are, like, uh, very important to religious people. Like, one of the first people you run across is uh, Pilate. Yeah. And a Pontius he Pilate. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the man that put okay. Christ to death. And so, you know, as a religious person, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, that kind hmm. of thing. I think I, I probably thought that was Pilot Inspector, Jason Lee's son. So I probably gave him a... Pi wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> My name is Earl. Oh, okay. Sorry. Took me a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let, let's let's continue on the normal path and we'll discuss the mechanics of this game. Uh, Mike, you said you were a God of War boy. Um, mm. Were you a God of War boy before? Uh, the first God the of War one? I played was God of War 3. And that would have been after this. Yeah, but still... Um, shockingly similar. Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. Um, it's like a, it. I guess you describe it as like a, a fixed camera game. You don't have control over the camera. Third, third, uh, third party angle. Third par person. Third person. Sorry, I'm really tired. Third person angle. I'll I'll edit that out. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't edit you out saying I'll edit that out. <laughs> um, yeah, and like the the right stick because it doesn't control the camera. If you move that in a direction, you'll evade in that direction, and then you have like light attack, heavy attack, magic spells. You can block, uh, double jump, and then there's a combo counter in traditional God of War style, I guess. So very very similar. Hmm. Like very similar to the point where to kill certain enemies, you will end up doing a very brief either button mashy or directional input minigame. Yeah, like a quick time event. Um, and, yeah. yeah. Um. Now, I guess let's ask a loaded question. Did you guys end up using half of those mechanics when you played? No. Like the magic or the uh, blocking? I, I really do think I probably did because I was like, you know, there were little tricks to be found and stuff, you know, like jumping up in the air and doing the... Uh, like projectile move and things like that, you could really sort of lay it on thick and sort of make a bit of a, you know, you could sort of fill in gaps between combos in a sort of Batman way by sort of, you know, throwing some projectiles in and then sort of jumping around. And then, I don't know, I mean, there was, a, that skill tree is very, very scary to start off with because you sort of go, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to be using out of this entire lot. And it's, and then the skill tree itself is actually sort of based upon actions in the game as well. So then you sort of multi-layered 
no idea what I'm going to do with this thing. But I felt by the end of the game, I had sort of picked up on quite a lot of the, a lot of the actions. I, I think, I think parries and things I completely avoided, even though I unlocked the skills for them. But yeah, I, know, I don't yeah. think I parried once in this entire playthrough, or the last one. Now that I think, <laughs> I don't think I've ever parried. Yeah, something I think I did in, it by mistake. Whereas I do a lot once. in God of War. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the skill trees, um, I am a holy man, yeah. and I go the holy route. Me too. Where did you guys go? I I ended up just using the holy spells the whole way through, unless I couldn't, because they were... If you leveled up one tree, so um, for those that haven't played it, you get like a, a cross, and you can fire projectiles with it, with which is the holy tree. And then uh, if you go down the unholy tree, uh, you get like death scythe. And uh, it's like a melee mm. weapon that it's quite cool actually. It like seems to extend, but it also like shortens into just like a blade that he seems to hold in his hand in some of the cutscenes. I'm not sure if that came through in much of the animations of the game, but I went for the the holy route and just kind of used the projectiles because as you level up, um, it's got that like morality thing going on as well. So not morality, um. Well, yeah, well, no, you, it is very, very right. morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> there's, there's a very moral <laughs> choice to be made here. And I think this is the most important choice of the game by far because with, uh, with good deeds comes a lot of hard work. If I remember right, I think it's only on absolving that you have to go through some brutal and really boring sort of rhythm-based uh, combat. I, that was going to yeah. be... A point I made. That was very good for you to pick that up. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's a but great man, talking point. Man, why would you absolve anyone when you have to sit through 30, 40 seconds of... Oh, really? If you do the other one, you don't have to dance, do that Dance Dance Revolution? Oh, for fuck's sake. No. Yeah, that's like the most oh, man. tedious game <laughs> this ever. This is like Little Sisters. <laughs> I've never, I've never, you know, condemned somebody, so I didn't know. Okay, I thought you had to do it for both. Okay, no, no. so wait, um, wait, 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 David, David, comes... I honestly thought you were going to be the person that was like, "Yeah, I just fucking murk them all. They're all out of hell." What? Yeah. I am a holy man, sir. <laughs> a holy, holy man. Not to mention, I did find out on my first playthrough. Wow, that cross is overpowered yeah. as balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so for those who are kind of lost, when you run across a historical figure, you have a choice to absolve or condemn them. If you choose to absolve them, evidently there is a little terrible. DDR minigame that you have to play where uh, little blobs that are supposed to represent sins, I guess, come come <laughs> down the four directions of the cross. Think like the um, the buttons on a controller. So, you know, the X, Y, A, B for Xbox and the square triangle X square triangle. Cross. Thank you. Couldn't think. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, for PlayStation. And when the blob touches the button, you have to push the correct button and that... It disappears, and you get a little bit of experience points for it. Um, there is no threshold you have to hit, right? Like, I never did let it sit and see what happens when you get zero, if it still works. You do get a scoreboard, though, for it. So I'm, I'm sure it's sort of... I think you get, like, a, a maximum combo and stuff like that at the the end of it. I only did it a couple of times until I realized I didn't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so depending on how well you do, you'll get bonus experience points at the end. So if you get 30, it's like each blobby sin is worth 120 experience points and then you got 30 of them so you get 3600 i can't do math sorry at the end of it i didn't know yeah so you guys did condemn people no i went holy as well yeah 
uh, the initial people I absolved, but short, when I realized, when I, I, when I condemned a single person, I thought, hang on, that's a game changer. <laughs> I'm condemning everyone. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I managed to, I forget what it is. I, I don't think it's condemn. Is it punish, maybe? I, yeah, it's punish, I managed yeah. to accidentally punish people in combat, and you don't have a minigame for that either. No, no. For those wondering, no, you can't do this to every enemy. It's only certain enemies. Like, you can't do the vagina scorpion tail ladies. You can't absolve or punish them. But, yeah, you, you'll uh, either get a button mash or a, or a quick time event sort of thing, depending. But I think it's sort of, it, it's a 50-50, really, of which one you get. Yeah, at first I thought it was based on the animation you use to kill them. Like, if you end up behind them, you do that spear thrust thing. But it doesn't mm -hmm. always work out that way, so I think you're right. But um, depending on how you kill these people, you will either get holy experience or unholy experience. And you have two very separate level trees that you can go up and you can buy talents in, like, you know, increase your health or this move does more damage. But everything holy related is pretty much down to, like, health regeneration and the cross, which is your ranged attack. And everything unholy is uh, mostly magic and death scythe. So if you enjoy just whacking people in melee, you generally want to go on holy if you like, you know, the cross, you go holy. Guys, I battered almost every enemy in this game. Like, I didn't die once. Uh, the, well, no, like, in combat, I did fall off a bunch of cliffs. Yeah, um, I ended up turning the difficulty down. I've, I've completed this game before, and the difficulty doesn't seem to get more challenging. It just seems that the enemies have a lot more health um okay so yeah i went and put on easy and just blasted through it after about a third just because i found that it, i don't know it's not it's not challenging it's not like you have to evade or you have to parry it's just right okay instead of them taking 10 15 hits they now have to take 60 70 100 it, it's a bit spongy um so it's borderlands difficulty yeah but it, it, to be honest with you it it kind of that suited me for the second playthrough the first playthrough i think i played it on normal and didn't mind the difficulty at all or how spongy the enemies were and yeah i just blasted through everything with that um i mean like some of the bosses would be finished in like 30 seconds to a minute whilst i watched some of it on youtube today on the harder difficulty and folk could be at it for minutes which is quite crazy <laughs> Another big part of this, uh, kind of cribbing again from God of War, is uh, there's a lot, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a sizable amount of puzzles. Yes. None of them are like, you know, latent brain taxing, or 999 brain taxing. It, it's just kind of, oh, okay, so I have to push this block over there so it lifts this thing so then I can, you know, jump over there. Most of them I didn't find any kind of difficulty with. What about you guys? Apart from the room with the, the mirrors, um, I, I didn't quite figure out what I had to do there. I did have to watch a YouTube video. That was quite a cool concept. It was one of those like labyrinth levels where if you jump through a door, you don't know if what, like, what... Oh, that, I was wondering. I'm like, mirrors? Because I was thinking like Indiana Jones light mirrors? No, no. no like, okay, yeah, it's like yeah. mirror doors. The teleporter puzzle. Yeah, and then you, you like appear like and then all of a sudden you're like gravity's all messed up and you're facing like you'll be standing on a wall and um i didn't quite understand what i had to do with that and apart from that as you say they were quite easy the only difficulty i really had with the game was with the camera and the lack of control of it sometimes it 
I, I fell off an edge or I didn't reach an edge just because it looked like I'd got it, but the camera was at such an angle that I didn't. I, which brings me to my next point of I think the checkpoints in this game are pretty poor. Like sometimes mm. you can just be at the end of completing a puzzle or a scene and you've fallen off the map or whatnot, and then, geez, you've got to go do this big bit of combat again and then do the puzzle and oh yeah. Okay, now now this isn't some weird gamer brag. Uh, I, I didn't die anywhere near combat. It was always, whoops, pushed forward yeah, too far yeah. and fell off the edge. So it was, in most of my cases, it was just, you're back up on the platform. Uh, but I can see how that would be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of irritating little bits, for example, where you might have to kick a block over a few fire things to stop them for a bit. And then I'd accidentally touch a little bit of fire and, and instant instantly die and go... Shit. Oh, yeah, that stuff is lethal. Yeah. And some of those vine-swinging bits where they sort of vary which angle you want to be swinging from and stuff, I was a bit like, oh, God. But <laughs> Oh, no, see, I enjoyed the... Uh, the, the ex- I guess the exploration puzzles, not so much like, uh, here's a block, push it, you don't. Um, <laughs> like, where if you can hang off of these... I don't think they're supposed to be vines. I think they're supposed to be tendons, but... It's a 360 game. Can only do so much. Um, So you can swing and your parabola changes depending on where you are on that string. Like your fulcrum point depends on, you know, where you go. Um, And I I found it fun to like, you know, you got to swing just right and then double jump and then grapple and then land on the bone pillars and slide down. I thought those were kind of, I actually wish there were more of those. So Mike, you didn't get on Hmm. with that at all. I just thought there were too many. (laughs) Because it felt like every... Every 45 minutes or so, I'd get like a 10-minute section of, of going down these tendons and swinging across them and just generally faffing about a bit until I... And, and it'd always be just before you arrive at a brand new area as well. Yeah. There's a bit of a weird pacing thing um, with the game. like, But I think before I say that point, the, the puzzles... My favourite puzzle was the one that... Um, think it's just the start of violence where you come across two like golden elephants and they've got furnaces on top of them and there's like a, a hook that you have to swing between while you do this combat so uh, there's enemies on both elephants and you've got to continuously jump back and forth oh yeah, yeah i thought that was quite a clever one uh, unfortunately i didn't see too many of them i don't know if there was another one in the game that was quite late on but um yeah and just to go into the pacing like the pacing seems a bit odd. It's kind of cool in a way because at the start you seem to go through a ton of bosses really, really quickly without much, much of the traversal of the world. Ah, uh, could you put a pin in that? Like that's a major point that I have written down for like final thoughts ish <laughs> talk. <laughs> that, that's my belief. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were making the elephant noises. Oh, okay. Uh, um, yes. Sorry, sorry. It was, it's just like that's a major talking point that I have because I feel probably the same way you do. So as a anticlimactic, perfect Dave ending, I ace that part, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swing around. I'm going to kill these guys. I swing over. And then I stepped too far and fell right into the river of blood. <laughs> I did the same. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, okay. So... We covered the combat. It's it's God of War. It's also Lords of Shadow, which I think is a little bit better. But we'll talk about that at some point because I'm going to get you guys to play that at some point. Uh, what? Okay. Uh, is there any other talking points gameplay wise that you guys want to discuss? Yeah, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I actually thought the like 
it's very Xbox 360 or that of that era where like you know the 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 background textures are all very sameish and like there's not a lot of detail to them but I thought the character model and the way he moved um and especially during the combat I thought that was really smooth you know sometimes I was just playing around with the moves to see how he would react and traverse the world um I think it's quite good for the time I I mean, I don't think it's aged horribly for an Xbox 360 game. 2010, I think it's done quite well. You bring up another... You guys are just so amazing! <laughs> I love you guys! Uh, yeah, so let, let's talk about the way it looks for a little bit. Yeah, you're right on the whole, you can tell what gen this is. Like, you can spot it right away. Um, the background texture, some of them do. And if they're not like that, they have that muddy look to them yeah like that where it's like if you get too close it's like ah i see what you guys <laughs> yeah, did yeah. gameplay graphics wise did you guys have any trouble with slowdown at all no not at all i played this on the uh xbox one backwards compatibility it was a game to gold so game at some point in the past and i i don't think i saw too much in fact the the point i was just going to make quickly is you you know i always talk about my hdr and sh- stupid things like that but this was one of those games where the, it might have just been my TV, but the brightness of bits and like there was loads of really cool sort of effects being thrown around, which made made it look quite a quite a well a much more recent game than it actually is by a by a good good way. I was quite quite impressed with it at points, especially at the start before it goes off into the into the darkness. But yeah, initially, I, I think I think the the choice. I don't think it was so much a limitation because they proved it's not really a limitation. But I think the the uh, choice to have some things animated cutscenes, some things in game, and some things really nice looking cinematics. Like I'm still surprised mm. by how well these cinematics yeah. look. Like the actual just CG trailer movies, not trailer. Um, to your point about Dante himself, I really like he does have a really good character model. Um, but he is he's a cartoony expressive face, doesn't he? Yeah, it doesn't quite like match. When he, yeah. yeah, when he shouts, his jaw like dislocates and moves a little <laughs> bit to the side, and it's like, ah, I'll probably could have touched that out, guys. On the whole, what what um, excited me the most about playing this was the, I don't want to say the graphics, but it was it was the graphics, because uh, I'm very interested, like Agony, which let me down awfully. I hate that game. Uh, very interested in depictions of hell because it's something you don't see very often in media you just don't not a lot of movies take place in hell not a lot of games take place in hell and this one was like yep it's all hell all the time i'm like all right Mm -hmm. what do you guys think of the actual like designs of things because some of it i think works very well like dante is designed very well and satan is designed really well beatrice looks like a final fantasy boss after a while (laughs) yeah and I've noticed a lot of things like let's take the vagina scorpion tail ladies. It's like that was on somebody's binder in high school, wasn't it? You have to remember this is this is a, a game that's somewhat set to compete against things like God of War. God of War's from David Jaffe. God of War well David Jaffe did that drawn to life thing, which was basically uh, nah, a game. Drawn to deaths, David Jaffe, Dra- sir. <laughs> drawn to death, apologies. <laughs> and that's a game that's basically based on these sort of crazy pictures that people draw in, in class, I'm presuming, in American schools, because we're, we're not as talented over here in the UK. But 
yeah. thought you guys just threw the Union Jack over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. and, no, it was that, and, uh, that and cool plants, S. Vegetation. Oh, Bone yeah, rabbit. you're either rabbit. in the David Attenborough or the uh, extremely patriotic school of binders. But there is, there is definitely a... You know, there's a lot of crazy designs there. Personally, for me, I thought... I thought for the most part they were quite solid. I thought a few of them came through as, as not as good. I can't pick any off the top of my head, to be honest. But I thought Cerberus was a letdown for me. Like, oh, that's hmm. that's your Cerberus, huh? Huh, okay. I can't you know, what, what, what does the, the Cerberus design look like again? Cer- it, was, it was like the three worms coming out of the guy's mouth. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, you, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't see where you get that from a three-headed dog, but hey! Hey, um, artistic license, that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I guess what I'm building up to with this point is one of the big talking points in this was the, I don't want to say shocking, but surprising levels of nudity in this. Yeah. This isn't a game you want to play in front of five-year-old Tommy unless you want to answer a lot of questions. And And I read a lot of articles at the time, and I even went back and read some of them now, and a lot of it is the, well... Is this supposed to be a weird, twisted version of sexuality? Like, like lust? Like, is that what it's going for? But then it's still kind of titillating in some spots. It's kind of in a weird spot. Like, my daughter, when she was watching it, when we went through lust, most of the expressions were ew. Ew, 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 ew. Which hmm. I find appropriate. That That's perfect for hell, right? But then there's like the, why, why is Beatrice's boobs always out for, for no reason at all? Yeah. Just, oh... There's a boob! Cool. Did any of that... I don't want to say bother, but, like, take note of... Oh, that almost feels teenager-ish. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. It's, like... It felt like... I mean, it's not... I guess the best one to move on to is Dante's horse stick, which is, like, just about between his knees. Uh, that is a... No, not Dante's! The Devil's! Yeah, but Dante's got a normal dick. Dante's is huge as well, that, isn't it? Well, I, I don't. Oh, I thought yeah, it was yeah, normal, yeah, no, but uh, well, they, now we're they, now they we're in a sticky spot, aren't person, we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna sidestep that one because, well, that's full of all kinds of pitfalls. All right, look, right. listeners, send us a message. We'll send you pictures. Let us know what you think, Dave. If there are any parts in this podcast where I say about Dante's penis and you crap me with the devil dong, okay? Then please remind, rewind it and just cut out the bit where I say about Dante's one because I'll, I'll pretend that's that's just normal size. That's that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Again, I am not going to engage in this conversation because we're either going to learn way too much about each other or we're going to be full of bravado. Let's just sidestep this nonsense. No, I'm pretty sure that was not. Oh, God. Anyway. Jesus. Anyway. So yes, uh, uh, things like the giant devil front puppet. I won't say dong anymore. But uh, mm. that thing that has its own zip code and hangs by his knees and all that nonsense, I, I that I'm okay with. Like, that I'm, I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, it's the devil. Let him have a big dick. It's fine. Whatevs. Yeah. They didn't necessarily focus on it to the point where the first time I played through it, I didn't see it.
Oh, um, it's a, the cilia worm. I think that's the one. And I used to always look and go, oh my God, the boobs are exposing. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, or, or even uh, that little, in the marble hallway, there's the Deplocephalus, the, the little thing with this, like a lizard on the bottom and then the topless lady on top, or the succubus in the manual. Yeah. Well, there's always been quite a lot of, lot of sort of sexual imagery in games and stuff. And, and I think that there is a point where you've got to sort of like go, you know, God, we've got so much violence in these games. What's wrong with a bit of, bit of nudity from time to time? I don't know. I mean, is, is it really that offensive? I mean, we're all, we're all born for God's sakes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's offensive. It felt like, like with, with, uh, devil. Yeah, that's fine. It's part of his character design. It works. No, yeah. yeah. uh, and it wasn't even lust. Like, uh, what's her name? Oh crap. The, the lady that's, that's the, uh, lust, uh, Sim- Cleopatra, Simiramis, <laughs> Cleopatra. Simiramis. No, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's not Cleopatra. That's who I thought it was until I looked it up, and it's Semiramis. She was ancient Babylonian queen. Anyway, um, but I just think there's a lot of games that's that fine. Sort of, there's a lot of games that tease nudity by having sort of like say breast jiggling and things like that, but don't actually go there. Whereas in this, it's sort of like the nudity's on display. Well, they went there with bravado. <laughs> I, I, I guess for me, most of it was centered around Beatrice. It's like okay, that's just weird. It feels out of place whereas everything else i think is fine well like yeah. you know even with dante being naked in paradise well that's normal that that's fine i but i thought that as well her. but then what to begin with it's because you know she's an imagery of being pure and like untempted but then as soon as lucifer's kind of he's conversed her into Porter. yeah as soon as he's made her evil <laughs> She's suddenly covered up, and she's not so... Um... Yeah, and I mean, I get the imagery of her, of, of Satan handing her a fruit, and then her... Yeah, okay, that works. It's good imagery. I don't know. I, I guess some of it just... And it's not just because I have a daughter. What kind of moron is like that? It was just, even the first time I played it, huh, that's weird. That's yeah. All. And I, no, I don't have a problem hmm. with nudity in games. I'm not a prude or anything. I wanted to see uh. Garrus's dick as much as the next guy. <laughs> oh. I, I agree, Dave. I agree. Okay, yeah, I just I just want to make sure like my point it doesn't come across as I'm a prude about it. Well, to be to be odd, when you said about the point of controversy, I thought it was going to be the um, the strange little baby creatures. Oh, the aborted babies. Yeah, I thought that would have been uh, even if uh, that, that, that was, was a, it, quite a thing. That was the the lust ladies and um, uh, just Beatrice in general was a hot topic in the media mainly because, well beatrice it was the whole oh she's you know she's just a possession for you it's like no it's a 13th century poem just give it up it's fine you know uh, a lot of it was uh i had no problem with the babies i've been killing fetuses since castlevania so you know i mean for me it's no big shakes good man i mean even yeah. even even contra lets you stomp on a few fetuses i remember that bit actually being a bit too much for me the first time i played it when you know that was like the the pinnacle of graphics or not that it never was but you know at the time it was a bit more engaging it was current yeah uh I, I, there was something a little bit weird about that but again that's not typically the type of game i play um i understand that didn't they have a similar thing with dead space as well where they went for like yeah the babies yeah. Ah. You, you you curb stomp some babies mm-hmm and crowd control for smaller enemies is is much more acceptable with the camera. <laughs> Definitely. Now, now, Luke, you're you're a special case on this sucker. 
because lately we've been having talks about like um with mortal kombat 11 you're like look i'm kind of getting over violence in video games it's like i don't need it anymore it's not something that i, I gravitate towards you know things like that yeah, right yeah. and i was very curious what's your opinion of this because a lot of the violence is over the top but it's like monster related not human related it's, there's also not a huge amount of detail like there, there, I mean, there are bits to it, but it's not like slow motion. I'm gonna tear your liver out and watch it blow up into small pieces and like that level. Freeze it first, cause you're sub zero here. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just it, it's not it's it's like an overall like everything is grim in in this place, but it doesn't go into so much detail that it's almost offensive or sickening. This is the same time as God of War 3 where the developers themselves are saying, oh, if you look at the sinews of, of flesh coming away as you rip, rip a, a centaur in half and things like that, and it's sort of like... And the, I mean, the, the, the elaborate boss kills in, in God of War 3 were kind of... Oh, oh, Poseidon, ultimate, man. Ultimate I can't gore. not forget Poseidon with the thumbs in the eyes. It's like, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Well, I mean, the, the truth is I, I can't... I can't lie here i i love that stuff absolutely love it. uh same here same here like that is why i will play mortal kombat 11 and i will enjoy every fatality like mm-hmm. the film event horizon like i really love that film but i just can't stand the gore in it like i think it's too much that's maybe just me mm. no, well that's perfectly fine I, i'm not like damning what your your position <laughs> i'm on not shit. sending it's you to hell curious <laughs> do you know what no really, i am what, not what's really curious about this though is that Visceral are actually the only one of the only companies who's managed to get me with something because in a I think it was Dead Space Two where they um they get the injection in the eyeball sort of thing. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I I have I don't like I don't like eyeball stuff. I don't you know, even even putting contact lenses on has never been an option for me because I hate the idea of just touching my eyes. So it's kinda of like when you get to that level, knowing that they also did that, you know, roughly around the same time, it's, I guess it's a bit of a letdown that it's not as, as visceral as it could be, pardon the pun. I was going to say visceral by visceral entertainment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, but on, on the side note, like there's, I guess you could look at that and say, oh, this is, this is teenagery extreme of like, ah, nobody's, and their marketing definitely plays up like, we show dead space to a bunch of housewives. Watch how they react. It's like, oh my God, whatever. <laughs> but you remember that stuff for years. I will never forget the eyeball needle ever. <laughs> All right. And that pretty much winds us up for part one. Sorry. It was a little bit short, but you know, we work with the material we're given and we're not very smart people. So join us next time when we talk a little bit about the story, Luke. This story, Luke. <laughs> the story, Luke. And give some of our final thoughts. Maybe. I don't know. Luke is editing this. I'm a terrible actor, so it's very hard for me to remember what was told for me to say. But you should hit us up on thebiteffect.com where you can tell us your thoughts about either Castlevania 4 or... Bloodstained, Ritual of the Curse of the Moon Knight Lady sword game that came out from uh, God's gift to everybody, Koji Igarashi. Bloodstained the sword game. (laughs) Bloodstained the sword game. Um, So, yeah, if you have any thoughts about that, I mean, maybe you were a a Kickstarter backer, and what are your thoughts after waiting, like, 1,200 years for this game? Was it worth it? You know, uh, let us know what you think about it. Maybe we'll read some of those replies on the air. 
Uh, other than that, gentlemen, say good night. Good night. Gentlemen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And we will catch you next time in part two. Thank you very much for listening. And I already said catch you later, so catch you later again. I'm going to be catching you a lot over the next couple of days. I really hope you're not heavy. I'm not very strong. Um, right at this point, I'm rambling. I probably should hit the stop button. But I just want to say to you, I love you all. I want to send you a I really wish slap. I wasn't married otherwise, because I would be in your bed in split second, man. I can't say you would appreciate seeing me naked, but hopefully you realize it's thought that counts. And we could form a very strong, stable relationship that we could work through. <laughs>